You're listening to Elk Point Baptist Church. Subscribe to our podcast to hear every sermon and like us on Facebook by searching Elk Point Baptist Church, located in Elk Point, South Dakota. again people is to go uh, and then the second part is to give and so but we uh, want to be participants uh, really every all of God's people ought to be participating in both of those going and giving and some people just happen to go a little bit further than we go but first uh, Samuel chapter number seven and really I just want to kind of share a thought with you today uh, was praying about what to share again uh, and this is just the direction that I ended up going here. And I want to talk about raising Ebenezer. Raising Ebenezer. What do you think about? Not Dan. A Scrooge. Yeah, Ebenezer Scrooge. Come thou fount. Okay, very good. Yeah, here, here I raise mine Ebenezer. And so apparently the songwriter had a son named Ebenezer. Um, so I'm preaching about raising Ebenezer. Uh, and I don't know if you've ever raised Ebenezer or not, but if you haven't, uh, you ought to start raising Ebenezer. And so I want to introduce you to Ebenezer tonight. We'll just say the name a few more times. Uh, Ebenezer, Ebenezer, Ebenezer. But 1 Samuel 7 and verse 7 is where we'll start to read. Um, oh, boy, no, I've, I put the wrong verse down here. Oh, my goodness. Oh, <laughs> boy. Are we recording yet? Good. I may have been in the wrong book. All right. All right, back on track here. 1 Samuel 7, verse 7. And when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel were gathered together at Mizpah, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel... And when the children of Israel heard it, they were afraid of the Philistines. And the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry out unto the Lord God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And Samuel took a sucking lamb and offered it for a burnt offering, holy unto the Lord. And Samuel cried unto the Lord for Israel, and the Lord heard him. And as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day upon the Philistines and discomfited them, and they were smitten before the Lord, before Israel. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued the Philistines and smote them until they came under Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone and set it between Mizpah and Shin and called the name of it Ebenezer, saying, Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. So now you have figured out that Ebenezer really isn't a person here. Ebenezer is a place. Ebenezer is a monument. Ebenezer is an altar, if you will. So... Uh, when we're talking about raising Ebenezer, we're talking about raising up a monument. Now, in the context of 1 Samuel, we see Israel. Remember, Israel's God's covenant people. 
They're the people that God had chosen, number one, through whom the Messiah would come. Because when this world fell into sin in the Garden of Eden, that left this world in a sin-cursed position. And we're still in that, right? This world is not the world that God created it to be. And I feel like there's way too many that don't understand that. I, I, it's, it's one of our job, by the way. That, often that's my first response to that difficult question, why? Fill in the blank. Why have I gone through this? Why have bad, you know, the bad things that happen and, and on and on? My very first response to that is usually, well, first thing you need to understand is this world is not, it is not the way that God created it to be, right? Because of sin. Sin entered in, man chose sin, and we have the results of that. This world fell out of the hands of God. God had placed the world uh, into the hands of man. But man lost that into the hands of Satan when he, uh, when he fell. Now there's a sense in which we understand that God's got Satan on a leash uh, to, uh, to a certain extent. But that's the fact of the matter. But So God had this plan from the very beginning. God had a plan for before the beginning of time that He would send His only begotten Son. But connected with that plan was a covenant people Israel through whom this Son would come. But it's cool because the answer for all ages is also found in these people through whom God's Son would come because we find out that through this nation would come this, this special king, this special prophet, this person who would actually be God in the flesh that He would come and He would come to be the King. And He would come to set things back in order on this earth one day. Uh, but of course the greatest thing that was to be set in order was the forgiveness of sins and, and man's relationship being restored to God and eventually the whole creation will be restored to God through what Jesus did. And I bring that up just because when you think about it in the big picture like that, the Philistines were just another, an, another opponent throughout history that's just trying to destroy Israel, which is to say they're trying to destroy God's plan and God's work, which ultimately they're trying to destroy. Now, the Philistines may not be actively saying, we want to stop the promised seed uh, of coming through the line of Judah, but, but, but Satan's using them to try to stop, to try to snuff out any possibility of this happening. And, at the, and, 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 and if nothing else, trying to hurt the influence of God's people because although Israel got the big head because they were God's chosen people, they were never supposed to get the big head. They were supposed to understand that they were here to be a light to the Gentiles and to show the ways of God. But in our, in, our, in our chapter, we see the Philistines were the opponent of the day, those that were going against God's covenant people. So as we look here, they raised up, they defeated the Philistines, and they raised up an Ebenezer. An Ebenezer is actually a Hebrew word. Interestingly enough, it's a transliteration. We talk about that uh, from time to time. Transliter transliterating is not an unusual thing. Anybody speaks? Oh, Danny speaks Spanish, don't you, Danny? Um, but you know, it's, it's always, it's an interesting thing to me when I hear uh, somebody speak in Spanish, but then there's certain words that they don't actually use for Spanish, right? It's just like, it'll be an American word that sounds kind of Spanish or something. In other words, it's transliterated. It's, it's not, I mean, it, that's not with speaking, but with writing, it would be transliterated. What would be an example of that, Danny? Okay. 
Yeah, lettuce. And so you'll hear somebody talking about da 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 lettuce, and it keeps on going, right? Well, uh, was that pretty good, or was that bad? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I really wish I hadn't said it. But, uh, but let us move on now, okay? Um, and, but, you know, baptism, we talk about that being translated. Well, the word Ebenezer is also a transliteration um, of, of a Hebrew word, Ebenhazer, or whatever. And so it just transliterates, make it sound a little English, Ebenezer. Um, and often we understand that that did become a Hebrew name and that, you know, it was a name of a character at Ebenezer Scrooge also. But in, in the book of 1 Samuel is where we find this word. It's actually mentioned three different times. It actually started off as a place. Interestingly enough, in 1 Samuel chapter 4, verse 1 is the first time it's mentioned and it just mentions that they were by Ebenezer. And so here at Ebenezer, they were defeated by the Philistines. Then you fast forward to uh, further in the book and you find out that they suffered yet another defeat at Ebenezer, but this time the children of Israel, some of you will be familiar with this story, some of you won't, but the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord was a small chest that contained the Ten Commandments, the Aaron's rod that budded, um, and manna, a pot of manna in this, in this uh, small two-by-two-by-four chest, and it had a gold, thick gold, golden lid on the top of it, if you will. Anybody remember the name of that thick golden lid? The mercy seat, that's right. It had the angels. The rest of you ever seen Raiders of the Lost Ark? For, you know, those older folks, I guess, uh, that's, uh, that, that, they kind of picture it on there a little bit. But that, that's the, the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. And that symbolized the presence of the Lord. And that, that, the Ark of the Covenant was something that was supposed to be kept within the Holy of Holies. And really nobody ever was to see this thing except the high priest like once a year. It was a really big deal. But it symbolized the presence of God. But what you'll find out is that the children of Israel at this time, their hearts weren't really all sold out to God. They weren't really living and loving the Lord so the Philistines come in, attack them, defeat them at Ebenezer. They come back the second time and say, you know what, we're going to fight the Philistines again, but this time let's go fetch the Ark of the Covenant. Let's go get a good luck charm. Let's go do something to try to get God on our side in this battle. Well, what ends up happening is they lose the battle and they lose the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. Super sad time in the history of Israel. It's bad news. So here they are again in uh, 1 Samuel chapter number 7, and now they're about to have to go fight the Philistines again. But this time, something is different. I started reading there in verse number 7. And when you, you find out that the, that the children of Israel were, were afraid, but this time they didn't look at God as... Just a little good luck charm to get them out of trouble. In other words, are you ever tempted? Do you ever face the temptations that try to draw your heart away from God? It can happen, right? Uh, sometimes it's not always the bad thing. Sometimes good things in, in our lives can take us away from God. But the children of Israel, their hearts really weren't where they were supposed to be with God. They went out to battle, they lost. And then they brought the Ark of the Covenant. And I think a good way to look at that would be kind of like, those times that we half-heartedly say, oh, maybe I'll, uh, maybe I'll pray now, but not really, not really sincerely. But I, I just, I need, I need a good luck charm. I need God on my side, right? 
Um, so I'm going to do something to get God on my side so that I can be victorious in my life. Well, that didn't work for these people. Well, now they're seeing their great need. Now they're afraid. They understand that they don't have the ability to be beat the Philistines. And in verse number 8, the children of Israel said to Samuel, Cease not to cry unto the Lord our God for us, that he will save us out of the hand of the Philistines. And so what you find out is the, Philist the Philistines were coming against them, and Israel began to turn their hearts unto the Lord. And that's exactly where we find that. They had been defeated two other times, but now God shows up and works on their behalf. In verse number 10, the Bible says the Lord causes a thunder. The Lord thundered with a great thunder on that day, and the Philistines, and it discomfited them. In other words, they were coming in their ranks, they were coming in their, in their order, and God caused a thunder that just scared them so much that they just took off one way and the other. They were all over the place, so the children of Israel just chased after them and easily defeated them that day. So God showed up and did something for them. So Samuel, up to this point when you study the history, you'll find out that Samuel's been praying for his people to let go of their idols, to let go of their immoral ways. And finally, God's people turned to the Lord. And, and the response to this, in, 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 for all that God has done... With God forgiving them, with God blessing them, after they had experienced so many defeats, they set up an altar, Samuel did, he set up a rock, and he said, this is Ebenezer, for the Lord has helped us hitherto. They had a visual reminder. It was a way, for one thing, to say thank you to God. Thank you, Lord. We are going to memorialize this moment that you helped us. When you study the Bible, you'll find out that God's really big on memorials. Really big on memorials, especially in the Old Testament. There was a lot of memorials there. Um, now, why do you think we need memorials? <laughs> right, thank you. Uh, to remember, that's exactly what they're for, memorials. So therefore, if God's really big on these memorials, one reason we need memorials is because we forget. We forget. How often, man, if you go through the Word of God, how often God is telling people and encouraging people to remember. Remember the Lord your God. You know, remember what the Lord hath done. And I just want to encourage you tonight to raise your Ebenezer, to remember, to mark down the good things that God has done for you. Samuel chose to set up uh, Ebenezer, the Ebenezer stone of remembrance in a special place located between Mizpah and Shin. Shin was most likely the very place where the Philistines were defeated by the Israelites. An interesting fact also when you think about where they set up the stone, it would, between, it would be midway between, between two battles. One, it would be between the battlefield where the victory was gained when they fell on their knees and Samuel prayed unto God because there was the victory of prayer and then there was the actual physical victory of defeating the Philistines. Miss Barb had mentioned, Come Thou Fount. And you know, many of us have sung that many, many times. It was written in 1758. Come thou fount of every blessing, to, you know, tune my heart to sing thy praise. And, 
And, but, but you get to that passage, that one verse, and it says, Here I raise mine Ebenezer, right? Uh, Hither by thy help I've come, and I hope by thy good pleasure safely to arrive at home. And, you know, it's funny the things that we sing, and it's good sometimes to pause and say, What in the world does that mean? And uh, just like when you're reading the Bible, right? Paul sometimes says, What does that mean? What does that mean? And, but, but what does it mean? Well, we just said it, it means, it, it, we're, we're going to get there in a second, the memorial. The Ebenezer stone was the stone of help. And here's what it is. It was put there to say, every time we come past this stone, we will be able to say, up to this point, the Lord was our helper. In other words, hitherto hath God helped us. You know, I believe in, in many ways that our lives in, in so many ways are a series of challenges and deliverances. Sometimes it's, it's a series of defeats and victories. It's a series sometimes of falling, but then being lifted back up and forgiven, right? The, the Christian life. But what we can be kind of bad about and, and for us and again, because we generally don't raise up memorials, we don't literally build things and, and anymore in this country. If you build something, they're liable to tear it down. Uh, can you believe some of this crowd? I couldn't hardly believe it the other day uh, that there's people, I believe it was in Rochester, New York, where it was actually tearing down a, a monument of Frederick Douglass. They must have found out that he was a strong supporter of the Constitution uh, of the United States. And I'm being totally serious. See, there... there there was a time that where, where Frederick Douglass was against the Constitution because he was looking and thinking about, like many do, the slave owners that, by the way, uh, you know, wrote much of it, even though they were also trying to write laws to free them, many of them were under laws that would not allow them to free slaves, but it's a whole other conversation. But he come to the point to where he was like, he, he began to look at the Constitution. He said, no, I'm, I'm wrong. He said, it is through this, it is through the Constitution that we, it's through this that we will be free one day. It's through this that we will have, everybody have the same right. That, that, that all men truly are created equal under God. So what's that got to do with the message? Nothing but just that we, tear, we put up monuments and people tear them down, you know. Uh, but we don't generally put up many monuments today the way they did in the Bible. But I think there's other monuments as Christians that we ought to raise because we're so bad about forgetting. Are we not? Think about this for a second. Some of you have been saved. Some of you have been saved a very, very short time. But I want to say, especially to those of you that have been saved for many years, and in some cases, maybe even decades, what do we do when we come up against a battle? We come up against the Philistines. We come up against a threat that's trying to take us down. An imposing threat. Maybe it's even, maybe even something that even in the past, like in this case, that we've already lost to a couple of times. We've been defeated by this same thing a couple of times. What do we do? We find ourselves, just like the children of Israel there in verse 7, they, they were greatly afraid and they feared. And what we have a tendency to do is to forget. So the Lord has been faithful hitherto. You know, the, the, the song said, Hither by thy grace I come. And I know that's old terminology, but the idea is, how'd you get here? 
How did you get to this point in your life? I mean, really? You faced any battles over the years? Have you? Have you faced some doubts? Have, have, you, have, you, uh, maybe, have, you, have you failed? Have you sinned? Have you messed up? Have you been defeated? But here you are. Why? Because hither by his help we've come. So what they had the, the ability to do is they would, were able to walk past a physical monument and be reminded, oh yeah, you know what? Man, God, God's delivered us up to this point. Right? And guess what? God's going to deliver us the rest of the way. That's what Ebenezer says. That's what Ebenezer is. Ebenezer says, God's helped me to this point. You see, our faith... See, some people get faith all wrong. Some people think of faith as like, you know... Uh, that, that just, in other words, some people think that, believe, that faith is believing in spite of evidence. But really, faith is more about obeying in spite of consequences. But faith is really not about believing in, uh, in spite of uh, evidence. No, faith is actually very logical. You think about the, 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 the foundational logic of faith. When we look at what we go through in the, this life, in other words, for them, this stone inspired faith. Why? It wasn't just, well, I really... No, they were able to say, wait a second. I have no need to fear. You know, why should I worry? Why should I fear when this very same Jesus is near? Right? That, it's logical. Are you in the midst of the battle? Are you afraid? Are you scared? Are you going down? Uh, well, you hadn't gone down before. You're here today. How did you get here today? You got here because... Hither by his help you've come. He's brought you safe thus far. Oh, but, but today I'm uh, facing even greater challenges. Well, that may be the case. But I promise you one thing, they're not greater than our God. Amen? Ebenezer, by his help. It's logical. Well, how have we got to this point where we are? It's God that's got us here. So faith isn't just like, well, there's no reason for me possibly to think this, but... I really, really, really hope that things turn out, but I'm kind of scared they're not going to. No. Faith is, no. I'm reminded. God has brought me. God has brought me through. So we need to raise up an Ebenezer. We raise up an Ebenezer of praise. We raise up an Ebenezer of glorifying God. We raise up an Ebenezer of saying God is good. You know, have you ever been bad at doing this kind of thing? to where you've prayed and prayed. Maybe there's something looming. Um, you know, for instance, you know, may, maybe you're praying about a health concern and, and, and you're praying, uh, oh, Lord, I, I pray that you'll help me with this. And, and, and church, will y'all help me pray about this? And then all of a sudden you go and you get good news. <laughs> all that praying for nothing. All that praying. What was I worried about to start? You, you understand what I'm getting at kind of? Okay, I mean, uh, well, I, I really hope I'm going to make it through this. I hope I'm going to be able to throw, and, and, and you make it through. Oh, man, that wasn't so bad. And, you're, and the whole time, God's bringing you through. But we fail sometimes to build that monument because those, those Israelites, see, they, they went, remember, the, 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 the storm, 
discomfited it, it, it made the, it discombobulated the Philistine army. So it, the army of Israel was able to head out after them. And man, they were just whooping them. They got a great victory that day. Went out, but guess what happened? When they came back in, celebrating and rejoicing, giving high fives and low fives and everything, you know, chest bumps and everything, as they came back in, they were able to look up and then remember when they saw that monument. Man, God did that. God did that. And what I'm just trying to raise in Ebenezer, honestly, you're here today because God's brought you here. You're here today because God's given you victory after victory after victory after victory. And we just need to start memorializing it through praise, through remembrance, through just saying, man, Lord, you've brought me to this point. You're going to get me the rest of the way. Lord, you're good. You're faithful. Rather than saying, well, the Philistines are after me again. Right? Okay, the Philistines are after you again. And, and that's, that's serious. But remember something. God's helped you with the Philistines before. He's going to help you with them this time. Well, I've misstepped. And I, you know what, preacher? I got defeated by the Philistines this time. Well, that's all right. Just go to God, get things right with Him, and guess what? He will give you deliverance. I want to read Psalm 124 to you here quickly. Psalm 124. You can turn it over there if you like. Or it. I don't know if that would be in the notes or not here. But uh, Psalm 124. All right, the Bible says, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick. When their wrath was kindled against us, then the waters had overwhelmed us, the stream had gone over our soul, then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord who hath made heaven and earth. You know, this is reflected. There was a song written a number of years ago, probably 20 or so years ago. But, but the, the thought was, I've been through enough to know He'll be enough for me. Amen. He's come through so many times, that puts my heart at ease. And I'd stake my very life, He's going to take care of me because I've been through enough to know that He's been enough or that He'll be enough for me. So the way we need to raise an Ebenezer, again, is through prayer, through testimony. We are terrible about forgetting our answers to prayer, divine deliverance, sacred seasons of His marvelous presence, healing, times when the enemy came in like a flood. I hadn't really said a whole lot about this, but man, I tell you, the, the level of spiritual warfare I feel like that I've encountered this year has been off the charts of anything I've faced in my entire life. I mean, just something else. But I'm telling you, man, as, 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 the, as the months have gone on, it's just been a number of weeks, you know, several months ago that it just began to dawn on me, man, no wonder, no wonder Satan was fighting so hard. Look what God's doing. 
Look what God's trying to do. Look at the souls that are getting saved. Look at the lives that are being changed. Look at, look at what God's doing. No wonder Satan was trying to bring me down. And he'll continue to do that. But I'm telling you, it was an intense battle. But let me tell you something. Hither by his help I stand. Amen. Hallelujah. I mean, listen, he's brought me through. He's brought me through this time. Guess what? He's going to bring me through next time. That's the logic of faith. Ebenezer, hither by his help I have come. I am here by his help. Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. And so if we forget where, that, that God brings us through and all of his mighty acts, it's not only that we fail ourselves because we're living as if, we're living as if defeat is a possibility. And I know defeat's a possibility in the sense of if we give in to it, but otherwise we have victory. Right? We're more than conquerors through him that loved us. Now that don't mean everything's going to go exactly the way that we plan, right? We're not talking about health, wealth, and prosperity here. We're talking about how that God has a plan and a purpose and he will work in our lives in such a way to where ultimately he's going to get, get the glory and we're going to get the good. But we act, we act as if it's, it's an uncertainty. We act as if maybe victory is totally up to us when really we've got faith. If we put faith in our God, He's going to deliver us. So God just help us to live that way. So anyway, if we, if we fail to raise up an Ebenezer, we'll live forgetting that He's delivered us over and over and over again. He's the Lord of hosts. He's been there. He, I, lo I love, you know, people say the God of the Old Testament, the God of the New Testament. Folks, when, when they seem to try to act like those are two different gods, they're, it's just, honestly, people just kind of advertise their ignorance. Because what I think of is I think of in the New Testament, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. I think of in the Old Testament that uh, God, is, God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. Therefore will not we fear you know, the, 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 though, the, though, the, though the mountains be moved and, and, the, and the waters swell and, and all of these things happen, God is with us. He will help us. God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. He's right there. He's right there. He's there for us. And so remember that. Raising an Ebenezer means remembering that. But also raising an Ebenezer goes to this part. 145 verse 4. One generation shall praise thy works to another and, and shall declare thy mighty acts. You know what's important? It's important that this generation behind us sees us raising up some Ebenezers. That Ebenezer stone... That was meant for when years after this battle would take place, some Israelites would be walking along with their children. And the children would say, hey, so, so what's the point of the stone there? What, what's the point of that, that marker there? Oh, well, let me tell you. That's, that's the Ebenezer stone. What's that? You know, well, what, you know what that is? That's a stone, that, and what it means is Hitherto hath the Lord helped us. Because right on this very spot, and then they tell their kids that story about God's deliverance. You know what that does for the next generation? Because then you add, and that same God, hey, child, you're a child of the covenant as well. And that same God who delivered us that day is going to be the God who delivers you. Amen? 
So we raise these Ebenezer's, and, and you know, you think about it. You know, I don't know if we could think of some other examples of this, but it could be, you know, our kids uh, seeing us reading the Bible, sharing, maybe we're sharing the Bible with them. Uh, Dad, why are you in the book all the time? Well, let me tell you. Let me tell you what God's done, done for me through this book. Why are you praying? How about this one? Praise the Lord. Why are you praising the Lord like that? Dad, don't you know that's embarrassing? Well, let me tell you while I'm praising the Lord. Let me tell you what God's done for me. It's a memorial. It's a marker. And every time we see that, it, it, it shows what God has done. So we raise up an Ebenezer. God help us to raise our hands, to raise our voices to the goodness of God. Eb raising up an Ebenezer will help us to be quicker to give, give more credit to God than to the enemy. I'm telling you, we can be the worst. We talk so much. We need to talk about our problems. Please don't misunderstand me. You need to I'm glad for you to talk to me about your problems. I want to make that very, very clear right now. Okay? But I'm saying what we do sometimes is we make our problems this big and we, make, and we go around like our God's this big. We, we're not raising up an Ebenezer. It's as if we're raising up Ebenezer's to the enemy. When we carry ourselves all the time, you know, poor mouthing and, and down and dragging and, and well, I'll tell you what, you know, things are rough and things are hard. Yeah, so, but God is good. So, we, so part of the Ebenezer mentality is getting to a place to where we, we get back to that idea of instead of telling God how big our problems are, we start telling our problems how big our God is. Amen. I've told you this, and it just came to mind. It's been years since I shared it, but I remember there was this fella. He was, uh, he, he, he was special. You know, he was, uh, had some uh, uh, mental challenges. But he had, uh, he, he, he had come to Christ, and he worked at a, like a fast food restaurant, and mostly he took out the trash and swept the parking lot, did things like that, you know. But, uh, but, but, it, but it was said that this guy would just come up to people and say, How big is your God? You'd be like going through the drive-thru or something if your window was down. How big is your God? Can you imagine that? But you know, that, that's, he, he, you know that, that's a good question, isn't it? How big is your God? That can be an Ebenezer, you know. How big is your God? How great is your God? How powerful is your God? Well, I know one thing. He sure is more powerful than what I'm facing right now. And you know what? I've come by His grace, I'm right here. I shouldn't be here. How many other times in your life did you not think you'd be here? I mean, I mean, there's some of us in here today, man, we could testify about the goodness of God so much. So worried about things that were going to happen, we prayed. There's things that's happened in our lives that we never thought would ever happen. Honestly. Hallelujah. It's an Ebenezer moment. It's a, it's a remembrance moment. But we just quickly move on. And don't want to memorialize those things. God help us to raise up an Ebenezer. Samuel solidified the memorial by placing a stone, professing publicly what God had done, leaving the marker for oncoming generations. Now I know some of you have a harder time than others, you know. You know, you can, you can feel... It's, it's hard because you're not the type of person that wants to bring attention to yourself, Right? You don't want to make a big deal about yourself. But what happens is sometimes, 
you end up, that would be the equivalent of Samuel saying, well, I would be this Ebenezer, but I want people to really know that I'm the one who built the Ebenezer and all that. Folks, nobody cared that Samuel built the Ebenezer. The Ebenezer wasn't about Samuel. It was about God. And so I encourage you, share what God's done in your life. Testify of His greatness. Be public with it. Don't be ashamed of it and don't think, well, people will think I'm bragging. Well, don't brag. Brag, though, brag, but brag on Him. And that's the thing you've got to understand is it's, it's absolutely 100% in order to brag on Jesus. And I know there's some people that seem to, seem to murky those waters a little bit, don't they? You know, you, you can't figure out if they're bragging on Jesus or themselves. You know, I understand that there's people that murky those waters a little bit. But you don't have to. You can just say, I want to praise God for His faithfulness. God has been good to me. God has helped me. God has, and, and you don't have to say it to everybody all at once, but man, be public about it. Be public about God's deliverance and see how God will bless and build your faith as well as build the faith of others. John Newton, the, uh, the famous author of Amazing Grace, many of you know that he was a, an evil slave trader before he come to Christ. Kind of an awesome thing. He was gloriously converted. He became a pastor. He became a hymn writer. One of, uh, one of the fellows that come to Christ under his preaching, interestingly enough, after, so after the slave trade, he became... A, being a slave trader, he became an abolitionist. He was against the slave movement. But then it was cool because one of the guys that got saved under his ministry and come up in his church was a man by the name of William Wilberforce. And then God used William Wilberforce to indeed stop the slave trading business uh, through England. I mean, just shut it down. It was just an awesome thing there. But John Newton... He wrote a, another hymn that's not as famous as Amazing Grace, uh, but it begins this way. Begone unbelief, my Savior is near. And it has this verse in it. His love in time past forbids me to think that He'll leave me at last. In trouble to sink, each sweet Ebenezer I have in review confirms His good pleasure to help me quite through. So... Just look back. Look at the Ebenezer's, people. God's brought you to this point. And He's going to lead you safely on. The devil's a liar. How many of you know that? The devil's a liar. And you know, you just need to say that every once in a while. The devil's a liar. Rather than sitting there listening to him like you do. No. The devil's a liar. And I'm going to claim the truth of God's Word. It amazes me. Man, it blessed my heart. It, it, it did something to me. I was preaching in my home county on Sunday. It was just, just, you know, it just reminded me of where I came from. And I mean, I'm talking about uh, like 31 years ago, coming up in a few weeks since God saved me. Man, you talk about God keeping somebody. My goodness gracious. You talk about God carrying somebody. I mean, I'm about as, and y'all, some of y'all don't say amen too loud right here, but I'm about as helpless as you can get on my own, all right? You talk about God helping somebody. How can I sometimes get into the place, Shane, to where I'm like, I don't know if I can make it. I don't know if I can do it. But I do sometimes. I get afraid. 
That fear comes in. But hallelujah. I got some Ebenezer's to look to. Amen. And I remember, wait a second. What am I thinking? God has brought me safe thus far. He's going to Hitherto hath the Lord brought me. Amen. So raise up an Ebenezer. Amen. All right. Any closing thoughts or questions or comments or complaints? All righty. Blake, why don't you dismiss us in prayer?